I hope you are ready to be encouraged. Hi, everybody. Brian Sussman here. This is the Brian Sussman Show podcast. Occasionally, I take some of the notes that I present to a group of guys in a Bible study that I've been facilitating for many years, and I turn those notes into a a sermon of sorts. And that's what you're just about to get. This is going to be encouraging. It's, It's actually a letter from a parent to a child. In fact, it's the last letter from a parent to a child. Now, think about how moving that would be. One, you're writing this letter to your child, or you're receiving it as a child, knowing it's it's your father or mother's last letter. This is from the book of 2 Timothy in the New Testament. It's the Apostle Paul writing to his spiritual son, Timothy. It is incredibly moving, and at the end of the day, I find it to be incredibly encouraging and, may I add, life-changing, and I hope you'll find it to be as such as well. This is his second letter to Timothy, his son in the faith. He's writing this during his second imprisonment for being a Christian, so this this is Paul, the Jewish scholar who becomes a follower of Jesus. He's essentially the first, essentially. He, is, he was the first Messianic Jew. And he was persecuted eventually from both sides, both from his Jewish brethren as well as from Rome. Because once Rome was under the power of Nero, the emperor Nero, the persecutions began. The persons, persecutions began in the year 64, So 64 years after the death, the crucifixion of Jesus, that's when the persecutions began. And by that time, the Roman Empire was just just wildly populated with all these new Christians in large measure because of Paul. So the man was walking around with a target on him. And he knows his, his death is near. In fact, the apostles have been forewarned by Jesus that persecution and martyrdom would be in their future. For a long time, persecutions had been haphazard, but not not state-ordered. And that's what was happening here now with the apostle Paul as he's writing this letter to Timothy. And this theme of 2 Timothy is all about continuing to preach the gospel, continuing to tell people about Jesus despite the suffering. So this is a final letter from a father to a son. Paul is letting Timothy know his death is imminent. People have abandoned Paul, but others have refreshed him. And I'm talking about people in the quote-unquote church. There have been followers of Jesus who abandoned Paul Others refreshed him. He talks about this. He's also letting Timothy know that some assignments had been given to others, but to Timothy, there was one assignment that would remain his, and that was to be an encourager. Paul is calling on Timothy to be an encourager. So it begins like this. This is chapter, uh, chapter 1, 2 Timothy. To Timothy, my beloved son, 
grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God, whom I serve with a clear conscience, the way my forefathers did, as I constantly remember you in my prayers night and day, longing to see you, even as I recall your tears, so that I may be filled with joy. For I am mindful of the sincere faith within you, which first dwelled in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I'm sure that it is in you as well. For this reason, I remind you to kindle afresh the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has given us not a spirit of timidity, but of power and love and discipline. The word discipline is often translated self-control. That's our key verse. It's verse 6, 2 Timothy 1. For this reason, I remind you to rekindle afresh the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power and love and self-control. It's a very powerful two verses, isn't it? What does it mean to kindle? What is Paul saying here to Timothy when he talks about kindle? He says, kindle afresh the gift of God. The word kindle in Greek is, I'm going to butcher the name pronunciation, but it's anozo, anozo perio, anozo perio. It's a verb, which means to recall, bring to memory. So Paul is telling Timothy, recall, bring to memory, bring to memory the gift of God. But the root of the word per is used when speaking of fire, the fire of God, the Holy Spirit. So what Paul is saying to Timothy is recall and set ablaze the gift of God within you. You know, as followers of Jesus, we are all, I don't care what denomination you may be a part of or not a part of at all. As followers of Jesus, we're all charismatic. We're all charismatic. In other words, we are all given gifts of the Holy Spirit. Charisma. Charismatic. The issue is whether or not the gifts are ignited, set ablaze, kindled afresh, and burning with purpose and use. Our spiritual gifts, my friends, are are, are ours forever. The question is, those gifts, are they being used or not? Only you can answer that question. Our gifts can be quenched with neglect. Our gifts can be quenched with complacency. Our gifts can be misused for personal gain and glory. So he's saying here to Timothy, remember your gifts, the gifts given to you by God through his Holy Spirit. Kindle them afresh. The second portion of this passage that jumps out as me, at me is God has not given us a spirit of timidity. God has not given us a spirit of timidity. The word timidity is delios. It's also translated cowardly or fearfully. This word is in contrast to our calling to be men and women walking in God's power and demonstrating his love and living with self-control. We're to go forward in faith, not cowardly, not fearfully. We need to walk in God's power. We need to demonstrate his love. We need to live with self-control. 
Now, obviously, Paul is speaking to Timothy about things we are unaware of. We don't have the full scoop on Timothy. But I'm guessing, as theologians always have, that Timothy had a propensity to weakness in the midst of difficulties and timidity in the face of opposition. Some people call him Timid Timothy. Timothy should have been encouraging Paul. Paul is the one about to go to his death. Yet Paul's deep bond and affection for his son in the faith, Timothy, solicits his encouragement of the younger Timothy. Paul is encouraging Timothy. Why? It's his son in the faith. Why? Because he knows Timothy has a long road to hoe. He's got a lot of life left. And God wants to use him. Kindle afresh the gift. Paul was a classic encourager. Paul is a, an encourager the likes of which I have seen in some men and some women over the years, but those kind of gifts of encouragement are few and far between. But when you get together with a person who's an encourager, man, isn't it, it just it gets you excited. You know, there are all sorts of gifts within in the, in the scriptures. For example, there's a gift of leadership and there's a, a gift of healing and there's a gift of, uh, let's see, a, a gift of, well, how about speaking in tongues if you want to go down that road? I would rather be around an encourager. When I'm low, when I'm dragging, I don't care about the teacher. That's another gift. I don't care about the leader. I don't care about the person speaking in tongues. I don't care about the, the person who can heal. I want encouragement. People like that can light you up when you're at the very depths, right? I'm not, I'm not dismissing any of the other gifts. I'm just saying encouragement can affect all of us just when we need it. And then power, love, and self-control. May we always remember that the Holy Spirit is the power of our lives. He's the power of our lives. Let me give you an example. This is, this is Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Let me go to this really quick. It's a beautiful scripture. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us. Who are we talking about? We're talking about Jesus. To him be the glory in the church, to all generations, forever and ever. Amen. That's, that's power. To walk with that mindset is power. Here's Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. That is power. You know, the Spirit also gives us the ability to love, for the fruit of the Spirit is love. Galatians 5.22. And the Spirit gives us self-discipline. As a result, we are not easily captured by our feelings or our circumstances. Maybe that was the problem with Timothy. But Romans 12.2, written by Paul, says this, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, which is good and acceptable and perfect.
So how do we practice these points? Well, we need to keep the fire burning, my friends. Remember, kindle afresh the word of God or the gift of God. So Paul says this, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, he says, we urge you, brothers and sisters, admonish the unruly. We've got to keep the fire burning, friends. Admonish the unruly. When's the last time you admonished an unruly person? Encourage the faint-hearted. Help the weak. Be patient with everyone. Everyone. See that no one pays another with evil for evil, but always seek what is good for one another and for all people. Rejoice always. Keep the fire burning. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God for you in Jesus Christ. Do not quench the spirit. Do not utterly reject prophecies, but examine everything. Hold firmly to what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. That's how we keep the fire burning, friends. That's 1 Thessalonians 5, 14 to 22. Take a look at that scripture for yourself sometime and just, just meditate on it. Are, are you rejoicing always? Are you praying without ceasing? I was speaking to uh, a brother who's in a, a part of the world where there's great conflict amongst uh, Muslims and Christians. And he was saying, you know, to pray without ceasing is work. He said, sometimes we take our prayers too casually. He said, I'm in a part of the world where we can't pray casually. We have to pray because this is war. Do not utterly reject prophecies, but examine everything. Hold firmly to that which is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Brothers, sisters, this is what the scriptures are calling us to. Then there's faith over fear. What does Isaiah 41 say? It's a beautiful passage, verse 10 and 11. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will also help you. I will also uphold you with my righteous right hand. Behold, all those who are angered at you will be ashamed and dishonored. Those who contend with you will be as nothing and will perish. You see, my friends, self-control is something else we need to think about in terms of being a work of the Holy Spirit. It begins with our love for the Lord. You want self-control in your life? love the Lord. Deuteronomy 6.4, and I'll stop right here. Hear, O Yisrael, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. This is, this is the most famous prayer in Judaism, the Shema. Hear, Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. You want self-control? Love the Lord. You want to be a man or woman who's full of faith, not fear? then remember this, he is with you. You want to go above and beyond anything you ever dreamed in terms of your surrender to Christ? Keep the fire burning. I hope this encourages you, my friend, and I hope this will help you start your week off just right. More on me at briansussman.com. If you enjoyed this, this brief podcast, please share it with a friend. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for allowing me to spend some time with you.